Jesus, we thank you and praise you and bless you. We lift up your holy name, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to do. I ask that you'd, um, again, ask that you'd help this word to get to the right people at the right time. Help it be uh, beneficial to us, Lord, but also to whoever comes across it um, at some point in the future, Lord. Thank you for all you're doing and all you're going to do. Amen. Um, with Easter coming up in a couple weeks, uh, it's hard to believe, we was, uh, considering some different things, but something that, something that kind of stuck out to me was the fact that I was listening to Logan a little bit earlier, uh, sharing it, it prevail and some other stuff I was reading we often want justice no matter what and grace and justice are not the same thing you know justice is I looked it up because you know we we're you know we talk about oh it's that's not justice well really the definition of justice comes the old English def- definition, which is really how we want it used. Because the real definition of justice in ang- modern English is just like a judge. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, it's, it's not really even a verb. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not, a, it's not something, it, it's a noun, but it's, it's like, a, it's talking about a judge or equitability sometimes. But um, the old English definition was the fair or the the application of the law they didn't even say anything about fair it was just the application of the law which is really what we see in like the old testament is the law justice was applied based on the law and um and there's no room for mercy or grace mm-hmm. in true justice in, in the definition of justice there's it's just this is what the law says and this is how it's applied that's why the representation of justice that we see is always a blindfolded woman with a scale and a you know because that way the justice doesn't see the person or the victims it just says this is what happened and this is the law and this is how it goes you know so there's no room for mercy or grace or anything um grace on the other hand and and jesus died so that we could have mercy and grace and you know, so that the grace of God could be shown to us, um, forgiveness even, because honestly, justice doesn't have any room for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It has room for justification, to be justified, to be made, to made. And justified is, isn't to be made right, it's to be made level. Sometimes to justify something, you have to take 
everything down to that level. If there's a gouge made out of a piece of wood, the only way to justify it is either to fill it with something else that's not wood or take all the surrounding wood down to that level of wood. Depending on what you're trying what your end goal is, you know, depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that's what justice is. That's justice just says this is what has to happen to be all the same. It it makes a nice level playing field, but that's about it. It doesn't allow for any mercy. It doesn't allow for any grace. It doesn't allow for repentance. It doesn't say, Oh, you're sorry. Okay, you're forgiven. Justice doesn't allow for forgiveness. The law doesn't allow for forgiveness. It allows for atonement. It allows for you to pay, to add something, to pay for your, the, your, your sins. And that's what the Old Testament, the sacrifices were. You know, they would, the, the annual blood sacrifice, the atonement, they would, were justifying through sacrifice their continued existence for another year and, you know, that God wouldn't wipe them out. Um, but they weren't actually eliminating the problem. They were justifying it. So when Jesus died, when, when the lamb that was slain from the foundation became flesh and, and died, then is when that was a different type of justification. It was justification because it fulfilled the law, but it didn't... The, the difference there wasn't that it scraped the wood down to the bottom of the hole or that it filled the hole up to the top of the wood. It's that it just restored the wood. Because the creator can do that. So it became justified not because of... The closest thing that we can see or do like that is if you have a dent in a piece of wood and you put a wet cloth on it and a hot iron on top of that and it makes it come back up level. And you can make it go almost completely away, sometimes completely away, to where you can't see that it was there. There's still evidence of it microscopically, but not visually. Um, But when God does it, it's restored. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. And that's what the difference is between justice and grace. Well, one of the differences. The grace of God said, I love these people so much that I will become flesh and dwell among them and die for them so that there can be true justification so that there can be true uh, restoration. And while justice and the law makes it so you can live, so you can survive, so you can get by, so you can have something to strive for, it doesn't make... It doesn't provide true restoration 
there's always a there's always going to be something lacking if 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 you've been punished under the law there's always going to be something that remains there's always going to be something that's evident but when you've been restored through grace then you're truly restored you're not it's like the prodigal son you know he came back ready to make you know just beg for the humblest of positions in his father's house but his father had already forgiven him and he was watching for him and waiting for him and I I was reading in that book Captured by Grace it was talking about you know whose job is it was it to have gone to the far country to get the younger brother it was the older brother's job but he stayed there and didn't go he didn't go back and say come on you idiot you know dad loves you and cares about you come back home and you know take two you know there was other results of that story but it was his job to have gone. It wasn't the father's job. The father had forgiven him. The father was aware. Like I've said before, I have a feeling, even though there's no evidence of it, that the father had spies in the far country that was keeping an eye on him. He knew exactly where he was. And he was ready for him when he came home. That's my thinking. But, yeah, I could be wrong. But the... Uh, but that's the difference, you know, justice is, and, and I've heard that before Jesus told that story, that story was told many times. It was a, it was a traditional story. He just switched it up a little bit because in the traditional story, the son, the youngest son took that and wasted all the money and that was it. He couldn't get forgiveness. His father turned his back on him. He didn't forgive him. He didn't welcome him back. He was like, no, you took what you was yours and, you know, you're dead to me. And that was the norm. That was what was expected. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jesus t- switched it up. And they're like, wait, wait, what? Because they expected that story to go a certain way because, you know, the way Jesus was talking about, or at the time he was answering a question, wasn't he? You know, who's my neighbor and, you know, who's, uh, what must I do? And I can't remember exactly where it was, but, you know, he was answering a question. So the Sadducees and the Pharisees are like, oh, yeah, this story, this is a good story. And it shows exactly what, you know, just, you got to be perfect. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, lost. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> because Jesus said, no, there's grace. The Father loved that son so much so justice was he had what was his and he got what was coming to him you know he wasted it his fault his bad sorry so sad go about your business don't bother me grace said get that robe get get some clean his feet up get some shoes on these feet they're you know, bandage him and get get some shoes on him. Get him cleaned up. Get him a ring on his finger. Let's 
somebody go prepare the feast. Mm -hmm. My son is back. He was dead and he's returned to me. And that is the difference between justice and grace. Justice, while it's an equitable application of the law, is not where we live. Physically, there are laws that, yes, but spiritually, we don't live under the law. We live under grace. And as such, we need to remember that the old application of justice is not what God is waiting to do. He's not sitting up there going, all right, when I put the justice stick down on them. Mm-hmm. So often that's, you know, the, the picture that you hear in, you know, stories and, and you know, and not, not necessarily in stories, but the, the idea that people have. You know, God's just waiting to punish me. You know, and, and I've, visited churches before where I heard sermons that definitely gave you that perspective, that point of view. That, you know, God's just waiting to to point out where you're wrong. And usually with a big stick and a lightning bolt. <laughs> um, but that's not true. That's not how God is. That's not because Jesus came because God planned for it from the foundations of the world. Yes, there was a time throughout the Old Testament when the only covenant was obedience or the application of justice. And nobody could obey perfectly, so there was always an application of justice. And that was the agreement it wasn't because that's the one that God particularly wanted, but it was because with us being human, that was the best that could be accomplished until the time was right for the uh, sacrifice of the lamb that was slain from the foundation. When that came, then it was no longer justice but grace. And so we don't live under the law. And, you know, and Paul talks about that, you know, so is, is grace, a, you know, a license to sin? No, not at all. It's not a license to sin, but it's also not something, you know, but we don't have to live our lives in fear of, I did that one too many times, now God can't forgive me for it. We still live under the law of the Ten Commandments, though, don't we? I, mean, it's I the, those are moral codes and yeah I mean we all of those things are but if you're truly walking under grace then you're going to abide by all of the ten commandments yeah, without any cut off from grace if, if you if you well, I don't know. Are murderers un- unable to be forgiven? Or what? Are murderers unable to be forgiven? Yes, they're able to be forgiven, but they have to ask if they have to come back to. But so, right. And and 
the Ten Commandments are not... Like I said, we're not going to go afoul of those if we're truly living under grace. If we're truly walking and living and and their moral codes and yeah we've got to you know we want to keep to them but it's the i guess the punishment part the part that is has always been shown to be not not shown uh supposed is if you step out of line, you're going to get smited. You're going to get smote. You know. And Grace says, if you step out of line, you can say, I'm sorry. Now, that's not to say that you just go out and kill somebody every day and say, there's consequences to actions. You know, we were talking about that yesterday. Vaughn and I were. You know, there's consequences to our actions. You know, the physical consequences, human consequences, you know, legal as far as that law. You know, we're we're subject to the law of man because we live in the world. The consequences of disobeying God or of breaking the Ten Commandments, there are consequences. And those consequences may well separate us from God. But that's not him saying, I'm not, I'm pushing you away. That's us saying, I'm choosing this consequence over being with you. He's weeping over that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's not, God is, regardless, God is not up there somewhere with a big stick waiting to smite you. He's up there going, please don't make that choice. He allows us to suffer the consequences. Right. We we make choices and we suffer the consequences. That's that's not. You know, mercy sometimes can re, can alleviate those consequences. Grace doesn't put us into those consequences. Particularly, but our choices put us into consequences. You know, it's not a, you know, and but. In the Old Testament, pre-Jesus, the law put you into those consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no room for grace or mercy. Mm -hmm. So that's the point that we have to think about is the difference. Because it's very easy to live... And I'm not saying... I'm not separating the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's all the Word of God. But if you if you put the line at the New Testament and say, this is where grace became manifest, which is what it is, when Jesus was born and then died for us, and before that was, you know, before grace was manifest. So the difference there is justice, the law, versus grace. And there's a distinction that's very evident in the Old Testament and New Testament. You can see it. You can read the stories and see the children of Israel in the wilderness wandering around. Um, one of the guys in this one family stole some stuff from one of the tribes and didn't report it. 
probably could have had it if he just asked for it, but, you know, he didn't report it. And, like, 5,000 of them, the ground opened up and swallowed him because of that. (coughs) That's the application of justice. Mm -hmm. You steal, you and everybody in your family yeah. And and the desert literally opened up and swallowed them. And that was it. We have to think about that. And that's that's the difference. And we need to be aware of that. That God isn't waiting. That that's not... The point is, because of grace, we don't have to do things out of fear. We don't have to be afraid if I don't do everything perfectly, God's going to destroy me or I'm not going to be able to be with him or I'm not going to make it to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, on the other hand, we don't do things, oh, I'm doing all of this so I can make it to heaven. No, we do all of this so that we can show God that we love him, so that we can express our love, so that we can show others why we love God. So that they can be drawn to him. So that they can be attracted to God. So that we can be the salt of the earth. The incense that is alluring. That's, that draws them in. That draws people to salvation. is So that we can actually um, provide, not provide access, but show the way to the access to Christ. So that we can be the light in the darkness. You know, we're not the light, but that we can reflect the light in the darkness so that others can see to come to him. That's what grace allows. Under judgment, under the law, there was, it was black and white. You were either, un, you know, in violation of the law or you weren't. And the punishment was this or that. If you read through the law, there's a few things that says, all right, if somebody does this, you do this, and if they survive for, you know, whatever, then welcome them back in. But, you know, depending on what it was, you know, but still, there was, uh, I guess, it wasn't all, you know, you're going to die or not die, is what I'm saying. But there were, you know, punishments and and stuff so the um but under grace it's yeah there's consequences to your actions and you've got to deal with those consequences mercy sometimes alleviates or removes those consequences but grace isn't saying it's black and white grace is saying i love you no matter what now our consequences our own guilt, our own hiding from God, when we feel guilty, when we, when we do something and then we don't repent, we don't confess it to him, we don't turn around and say, I'm sorry, then we start feeling guilty. And that guilt separates us from God because we don't want to be around him. Mm-hmm. And so we push him away. Or we try to, you know, we try to hide from him. We try to separate ourselves from him. Now, that separation from God leads to a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's, and, but that's not God pushing us away. That's us saying, I don't want to be around you because I did this bad thing. Adam and Eve were pre-law. They were before the law. They, had a, they disobeyed a directive, a commandment. They felt guilty and separated themselves, tried to hide from God. Mm-hmm. And the result of that, you know, was because they separated themselves from God. I often wonder what would have happened if they had heard his voice and run to him and go, we messed up, what do we do? We'll never know. But I often wonder what would have happened. You know, what could have happened? We don't know. Maybe he would have said, I already planned for it, you're forgiven. That's it. We don't know. Um, but regardless, that's, that's where it is. So that's the difference. So just think about that. Think about the fact that grace and justice aren't the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that we need, should need, should want, should crave to live under grace. And living under grace means that we don't necessarily demand justice for everybody else. We demand grace for them. Mm. So, uh, anyway, Lord, we thank you and praise you. I ask that you just help in all ways, that you would clarify things, um, that my words would be better than, you know, what I said. So, Lord, I thank you and praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sunday Morning Podcast from Church Without Walls of Greer, South Carolina. If you have any questions or you need more information, please feel free to reach out to jonathan.wagner at intheupstate.net. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so on whatever channel you found this podcast. And reach out to me or anyone if you have questions about Christianity.